Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, isn't it incredible within one generation how we have seen the transformation of what, when, and how we consume food, having to adjust to our busy lifestyles? Now, one would think if we actually place priority on our health and well-being, that it would be the other way around, that we would focus our health first, then adjust our lifestyle to support it. However, with increased economic pressures and increased cost of living, really this isn't the case. And as the pace of life has increased over the the last 30 years, so has the production of prepackaged snack foods to support our need to eat on the go. And as they say, you know, if something is too good to be true, well, it usually is. And this is definitely the case with prepackaged snacks. Now, to help discuss this very topic and share her expert tips to empower you with the right tools to make healthier food choices uh, for your family, we welcome back Siobhan Boyle, CEO of The Good Foundation. Now, Siobhan is going to discuss prepackaged uh, snacks versus homemade snacks. Now, welcome back, Siobhan. How are you? I'm really good, Rachel. How are you today? Yeah, really excited to be chatting with you as always. Um, love a chat with you and a natter, as we were just saying before. I haven't heard that phrase before, but I'm going to start using it, a natter. I love it. Now, this particular... Absolutely. Got to bring some of my... Yeah, Sorry, I've got to bring some of my English heritage in, haven't I? So, <laughs> yes. Love it. Now, this topic is uh, applicable not only to parents um, packaging a lunchbox for their children, but of course, um, for working parents as well that take their lunch to work every day. So it's for families, holistically, we can sort of say. (laughs) Um, But I'd love to just ask initially, can you remember back um, a time when our parents had no other option but to make homemade snacks um, for us to take in our lunchbox to school? Do you remember back then? I, I definitely can. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I was very lucky that um, I got brought up in a household where cooking from scratch was the norm. And mum was very much about making sure that everything we ate was homemade. So um, um, I actually was quite sort of ironically used to sort of look at other children's lunch boxes with envy because they had all these naughty treats in there. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to the fact that she actually instilled these really positive habits from such a young age. So she used to get us involved in the kitchen. She used to get us involved when we were having lunch boxes. And, um, you know, so we didn't ever sort of really experience those naughty sort of packaged snacks so yeah it that was the norm for us and it's kind of crazy isn't it as you said over the probably the past 30 years that you've sadly seen that becoming not the norm homemade not becoming the norm and now it's flipped and so you know you look inside children's lunch boxes today and everything's packaged and um, because it's convenient and, you know, it, it looks and it's, uh, it's sold as, you know, something healthy and, you know, parents want an easy solution and children want whatever they see their contemporaries having in their lunchboxes. Of course. But it doesn't need to be that way, does it? No. Um, as you rightly pointed out. And, you know, it, it's funny, isn't it, how 
we're often going back to what our parents and grandparents actually used to do and looking at sort of how they used to do things and how they used to feed us um, and for actually how we should be doing it now. And it's crazy to think we're having to go backwards to now go forwards <laughs> to make a difference for our children's lives, which I think is slightly ironic. It's crazy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. However, the lunchbox is part of more Western cultures, of course, in the US, UK, and here in Australia. But there are many European countries like the French and the Italians that there is no no need for a lunchbox as they either go home to eat with their family at lunch um, there's, or, the, or maybe even just a hot meal served at schools. I know that some American schools do that also in the cafeteria, but generally this is more of a, of a Western culture sort of thing than thing, places in, in Europe. Um, and so in those instances, they would very rarely have to eat prepackaged foods for lunch as the food is generally in their lunch is generally sort of served uh, fresh. I'd love to know, like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the, the cultures that you've mentioned that actually where they go home to eat, they have a really positive attitude towards food. I mean, they're, around, they're renowned for making food part of their culture. And sadly, um, I think in a lot of these, the, the, the Western cultures, as you've rightly pointed out, you, here in Australia, in the UK, in the States as well, you know, um, th- th- those food cultures have been lost a little bit. And, you know, we're not you know, we're not sitting down together as a family. And that isn't the norm. And it has become sort of this separated society where people um, eat in silos. Almost. So, you know, the kids eat something, the parents eat something, the siblings eat something different. You've got everyone doing something different and not yeah. everyone doing Whereas, you know, that sort of taking that time and prioritizing what you're eating as a family is is so important. And I think if you flip it and you look at, um, you know, do you prioritize your children's health? Do you prioritize your own health? Then if you do that, then you're kind of going, well, actually, it's really important that we're eating really good things and trying as best as we possibly can to be including as much homemade um, food as possible and, you know, including as many beautiful fruits and vegetables as possible so that we are getting that rainbow of nutrients and ensuring that, you know, we, everything we're eating is nutrient rich and really nutritious. Absolutely. Now getting back to what you were saying about um, eating in, in silos and, and getting back to about parents taking their lunch to work also, it's become widely acceptable, which is really sad, I guess. And, and I can put my hand up because I've been in this, um, sort of, um, I don't know, in this group for many years that workers don't take a lunch break. You know, in, instead of that, they continue to work in at their desks and they just woof down their lunch whilst hovering over their keyboard. Uh, and, you know, talking about health, healthy lifestyles, um, this is not a healthy lifestyle initiative by any means. Um, so in that respect, I'd just love to know what your thoughts are just on this as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a sad, it's sad, isn't it? That, you know, people aren't taking the time to, to, to have a break. Um, You know, um, it's important. I know personally that if I don't take breaks throughout the day, um, you know, when I'm working, then, you know, you, you feel frazzled and it's the same for kids as well, isn't it? You know, that's why, you know, they, they had those natural breaks woven into their learning so that they can, you know, you know, refresh their brains, they have time to, you know, get hydrated and also eat nutritious snacks as well. So that, you know, everything, you know, throughout the day is 
for those best possible outcomes because you know we know that when we go to work we want to achieve as much as possible now I know if I work 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 and I don't know whether you're the same but I certainly get to a point and I'm like oh my god I'm totally totally frazzled and it's the same with children so it's so important that we do actually take these breaks and actually sort of separate eating away from our desks because actually eating at your desk not only sort of means that you're not you know you're not concentrating on what you're doing work-wise but it means you're not concentrating on what you're eating too and sort of there's an element of mindfulness that needs to go into eating as well um i was just about to say that because um i think that's what also where a lot of these problems are coming from because people just they 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 eat for fuel um, rather than eating for pleasure and also eating to nourish their bodies and their minds. And so it becomes just another thing to tick off. Oh, it's, I'm hungry. Let's pop something in. Whereas, you know, if you take that time away from your desk um, and you have a break and you're going to a hopefully enjoy what you're eating more, but then you'll get those positive benefits of having that break and, you know, and, and, you know, come back feeling refreshed and you're going to be so much more productive too. And that's, that's across the spectrum. It's not just for us, us adults. It's also for the kids too. So, you know, that's why the, 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 the teachers are so smart with building those breaks naturally into the days. So we should be taking probably a leaf out of the school's book, shouldn't we? And, and weaving some more natural breaks into our working days um, so that, you know, every one is more productive absolutely i couldn't agree with you anymore and and the other thing about eating over our um sort of keyboards and as we're working too is more more than um, we, we would be eating as we're sort of we're stressed as well and that's not good for any, our digestive system and everything else as well so um i agree with you it's, it's about a, a matter of actually sort of scheduling in that time and making sure that we are being mindful of our meals and actually enjoying um and of course eating healthy healthy stuff now back to the prepackaged foods you know they are a, a byproduct of our busy lifestyles as you know and the reason for this I, I really see I'd love to know what you think but this is the, the general cost of living um, over the last 30 years you know has increased overall you know families have to work longer hours to keep the bills being paid um, and prepackaged foods are, are seen as convenient and time-saving and oft, often perceived as being and seen as uh, the cheaper choice um, but when we weigh up the time versus output um, it's not always the case I'd love to know what your thoughts are yeah and I think that's that's also to do with a lot of the advertising that goes behind um, these um, these these prepackaged yeah. foods and I'm not saying that all prepackaged foods are bad for you because that that's totally not the case and you know um, we all need some elements of convenience in our lives um, but actually I think that the cost element comes in often when people don't know how to prepare things from scratch. So it's all very well knowing what you should be eating, but if you don't have the skills and the knowledge on how to do that, then you know it, it will be actually more expensive because you don't want to waste ingredients um, if, you, if you're doing the wrong things with them. So, you know, part of, I think part, going backwards and part of the, 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 the things that we do really well as an organization is we instill those back to basics cooking skills. We know that these used to be passed down from generation to generation. And so these skills were instilled from a really young age. And so you grew up and that was the norm. And so, you know, I'm very lucky that I was one of those people who grew up with those skills imparted to me from my family. And so I grew up knowing what to do with food, whereas that's not the norm for everyone. And so if you don't know what to do, that's a real barrier. And so you're also 
and if you're and everyone is very budget conscious nowadays especially in the current climate so if you've got you know a load of ingredients you don't know what to do with them you're worried that you're going to waste them and that's and you know that the kids are probably going to rather prefer those packaged versions instead you're going to reach for those because you're like look I'm time poor. I don't actually know whether I'm going to make those right choices. Um, you know, in cooking, I might muck this up and the kids are going to probably throw it away. And so that's wasteful. So you kind of, and, I, I, and then you're caught in this vicious trap. So it's, you know, if you can have those skills and this is, you know, whether it's through um, coming and doing one of our wonderful programs, which yep. we would encourage people to do through um, our kids program where we get the kids involved in the kitchen or which is learn your fruit and veg, or we've got a wonderful adult program for 12 plus and that teaches you those basic life cooking skills, which is so important. And, you know, with that, once you know how to cook, you can make those better choices for your family too. And, and and talking about, some, I guess, some of the discretionary foods, they are, however, sort of making children unhealthy and overweight. Um, and we've all sort of read those, um, that the stats um, overall, that one in four children between the ages of five to 17 years um, older, overweight or obese. And, and, and these prepackaged and processed snack options um, are generally empty nutrients um, and they don't necessarily keep children full for longer either. So um, even more reason um, for families to be, uh, you know, finding healthy ways with homemade um, sort of cooking options and or to do one of your courses as well to be able to flip that. I'd love to know what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the problem with a lot of these snacks. It is that they are energy, energy dense, but nutrient poor. So, um, you know, that you get like those big sugar rushes um, and, you know, you think, oh, that's great. You know, I'm going to have, have that sort of, you get that instant hit. Yes. But actually, sort of in terms of what they're doing for the body, they're not doing anything for your body. So you get this sort of... You don't even know what's in them thing. half the time either too. That's just a thing, you know, <laughs> with all the oh, gosh, different preservatives. I don't know whether you... Well, often when you look at the labels, it's quite scary, isn't it? Because you kind of pick up a packet of something that, say like a muesli bar, where you think, well, that's in, in, in your mind, it should be healthy because you think muesli, it's oats, it's, it's raisins, it's nuts, should, should be good for me. And then you look at the list of ingredients and you're going, well, I'm 15 ingredients down. I don't recognize half of them. Um, is this what I really want to be putting into my body? And so it's, it's just knowing that, you know, sort of actually that's possibly not the best choice for you or for your, or for your children and, and, and kind of being able to go, actually, you know, maybe if we made something homemade, even though, you know, it's still, and we're not anti-sugar, we're not anti-butter, we're not anti-anything as an organisation, but we are very for cooking from scratch. And so when you cook from scratch, and even if it's snack food, so if you're making a beautiful slice, or even if you make your own version of a muesli slice, you can then completely control what you're putting in it. So you control level, level of sugar. You know that you can put five ingredients into something and you have total control over, over that. And you're not looking at a list of 15, 16 ingredients with a load of numbers that you don't recognize. I was just about to say those numbers are like some secret code that we have to solve a puzzle. And the more of the numbers you see listed next to the food, chances are the less likely they are to be a healthy choice. Isn't that right? The more of the numbers there are, it's just, it's just yeah. quite, it's quite frightening. <laughs> like, uh, uh, what what also, also disturbs me is, um, and we do this with our participants in our classes, we actually compare 
um, let's say a fresh a fresh sauce or a fresh dip with a uh, a packet one, and and you uh-huh. kind of list the ingredients um, on a on a dip or a sauce, and and you list the ingredients on a packet uh, a fresh freshly made one, and and you go well, okay, so you've got five here, you've got fifteen here. Now that piece of parsley in that particular um, sauce. When do you think that was fresh parsley? Because it's got a use-by date of, you know, it might have a use-by date of sort of two years. Now, that's quite, I always find that quite disturbing. If you're looking at a fresh carrot um, and you're going, well, there's a carrot dip or a carrot something, you know, you've got carrots and a tomato sauce. And you're going, well, I don't actually know when that was last a carrot. And then when you start to think of it like that, it's always a little bit worrying because you're like, I don't know whether I necessarily want to be eating that. And also... Uh, which I think is quite misleading as well um, from a packet perspective is is when you look at um, a jar or um, a packet or something, often they have pictures and images um, which insinuate that there are beautiful fresh ingredients inside. So you think, well, that's got to be good for me. Um, and, and then you kind of look at and you look at the list of ingredients. Now, they can't lie about the, 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 about the percentages in a product. So when you're looking at that list of ingredients, um, they have to list the highest percentage first, and then it goes down to the lowest percentage. Yep. So often those fresh ingredients which are displayed on the front, you look at where, they, where they're featuring in the ingredients list and you're like, oh, well, it isn't really a tomato sauce, is it? Because it's got a lot of water and sugar in first. And then, oh, and the carrot, oh, it's only 2%. Right, okay. So that was a little bit misleading. And, and I suppose having that knowledge as well, if you do want to consume a packaged food instead, is knowing how to read a label. Because that, that will give you that sort of that real knowledge and that power when you are making those decisions um, to make those best possible choices if you are reaching for a packaged alternative. Absolutely. Now on this, um, let's get to the article that we published for you guys. And it's titled Homemade versus Pre-Packed, Pre-packed Snacks. Now for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and just what inspired you to write it? Yeah, um, well, it's something, you know, that we're obviously really passionate about is encouraging people to cook from scratch. But we do understand that, you know, people are time poor and snacks are a part of everyday life. You know, we, you know, we all need sort of snacks to fuel our body. Um, And it is just talking about, you know, sort of how you can sort of make those easy little switches um, to packaged versions and how, um, how, you know, sort of, reaching for a packaged version, although it may be convenient, actually sort of in terms of what it does to your body and your family's body isn't necessarily going to give you and your children the best possible outcomes. So it's not saying don't do this. It's just making you aware of that there are there are healthy choices, even from a packaged food perspective, but also kind of knowing that actually, you know, you can make some delicious homemade snacks from scratch and it doesn't need to be overly complicated, Um, whether that's, you know, sort of making some home popped popcorn or, you know, having um, some little celery sticks with some 
peanut butter or you know some little veggie pitta pockets there are so many options that you can make which are super delicious and super fresh and you can make really quickly at home which will appeal not just to the kids but to the grown-ups too because you don't want to necessarily be having to double up with everything that you're cooking from scratch at home do you of course so that being said what are your your favorite healthy snack alternatives just to um, help keep the kids happy and energized well, so in terms of, I did mention sort of the popcorn. Now, um, I know that last time we were talking and um, we did have a chat about popcorn and popcorn is one of those things. Who doesn't love popcorn? I know that both of, we're both in agreement that popcorn's up there. But if you do it yourself, um, not only is it a great snack, but it's also really good for boosting your mood as well. So, which is a total win. Um, and um, things like making like quesadillas um, are a great little snack option too. So getting yourself some two little wholemeal tortilla wraps and filling with them some capsicum, some, some really good immune boosting capsicum and um, some cheese and then, you know, the pan frying them and totally like, basically creating a little bit of a Mexican toasted sandwich um, with tortillas. They're great, great little snack options. Um, super tasty, packed full of veggies, packed full of whole grains. So really good for anxiety and sort of boosting your mood. So the, um, so some personal favorites of mine. I, I can't go past, you know, also some lovely vegetables and um, hummus. Now hummus, you can actually get, and this is where, you know, you can get some really healthy versions um, that, are, that, that are actually shop-bought, but it's a case of reading the label. So, you know, have a look. Does, does, if, if you're buying a hummus, if there's chickpeas, there's lemon juice, there's olive oil, and um, potentially a little bit of salt um, in there and some tahini paste, you're on to a winner. But if it starts to list those funny numbers, then, you're, then, then that's one to avoid. So it is a case of kind of knowing how to read those labels and being able to pair something which is prepackaged with something really like, like your crudite, some, some little baby cucumbers or some cherry tomatoes. So you've got that sort of that, that lovely balance there and even some wholemeal crackers too. Um, you know, that, that's giving you those, so the, those mood boosting um, snack foods as well as I'm going to keep you nice and full and sustained as well because that's what you want the snack to do. And um, you've got a, a great list in the article, which, of course, we're going to have a link to in the show notes um, with lots of different sort of ideas there. But I just wanted to just touch on the subject about hummus. And you are mentioning that not all packaged snacks are bad for you. So I just wanted to clarify, in, is that the case? I'm sure all parents would love to know. Um, are all um, packaged snacks bad f- for, for us? And if so, is it just a matter of us reading the labels to understand everything that you just mentioned before? Yeah, and not not ever. I mean, my goodness, we all need to reach for packaged foods occasionally, and it's yep. just understanding what the what the go to should be, and you know, looking at the salt content, looking at the sugar content. You know, something like a hummus is a perfect example of a, of of a convenience food, which actually you know paired up, as I said, with some wholemeal crackers or some crudite. It's, it's a perfect example of something that you know is a, is a great a great sort of, not a cheat, but an, an easy to do reach off the shelf and you can always have on standby, um, you know. And, and and what they do have at the moment um, is I, I the, the health star rating on, on foods. Yep. So when you are looking at packaged foods, you can compare like for like in category. So um, if you're p- picking up, um, you know, a, a, a snack bar of some sort, you can kind of go, well, this one's got this. 
and this one's got this and if the closer to it is the five stars the better it is going to be for you and so um, it's assessed on the sugar content the salt content the fat content so there are many sort of factors which they rate um, these products on so it's good to sort of have that knowledge when you are going in and if you have to reach for things and you know going and potentially just making those small little positive changes so instead of kind of reaching for like a flavored um a flavored snack item like a save flavored snack biscuit potentially just going for something really plain um well you know is a better option for you i mean always the best option is if you can make it yourself um because you know then you've got total control over what you're putting in but it is just kind of going okay what what is there available that i can use um for that convenience and um Things like um, the yogurt, little yogurt pouches. So, uh, plain yogurt pouch, perfect to have. You know, it's a portable snack. Oh, amazing! You can wipe them in the freezer um, as well, and that will keep them nice and cool. Also helps to keep your lunch boxes nice and cool. And then if you've got them in there, sort of by the time the kids eat them, you know, that means that then, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to frost it. And then if you've got some like lovely fruit in the lunch box too, um, then you're getting that hit of sweetness that they often crave, um, you know, and when they want a snack. So you some lovely strawberries or some grapes um, or whatever their favorite fruit is. Always good to have that as well in there. So you're getting that nice balance of a, a really good source of dairy and protein and and some fresh fruit as well so you know there, there are some items out there which are you know which are great um but you know sort of if you can make homemade then you're on to a win and it doesn't take too long to cut up some lovely good quality cheese instead of reaching for a cheese stick and i know there's a bit of peer pressure from kids quite often because you know their friends are having it and also with the tv advertising and in the supermarket they're designed with those bright packages aren't they and you know to draw the kids in you know with the cute little animals on the front and so you know a package of cheddar might not seem as appealing but once your kids get used to having those really delicious flavors they're not going to feel like they're missing out and also they're they're going to start behaving better and you know and if you tell them they're going to be they're going to learn better as well all kids want to be the smartest kids bribery. and talking about the homemade treats what about baked treats i mean is that okay to have as a sometimes food as well like for example oh like goodness. the the um the, the savory and fruit muffins and those types of things as well because naturally if you're making it you can control how much sugar uh, is going into some of the baked treats what are your thoughts oh you know i am a total fan of baking um, we love to bake and um you know we know that homemade food is far tastier than any packaged food and you know as i've said previously it's going to be much better for you because you've got total control over the ingredients that you use um you know in terms of um the perception that healthy food is, is expensive. Um, it's not, it doesn't need to be expensive. And if you're, if you've got the ingredients, if you've got some, you know, great ingredients at home, you can really kind of boost um, what you're putting into, into those snacks. And, you know, if you are making, as you rightly pointed out, a savory muffin, you can grate whatever vegetables are in season and pop them in there. And you've then actually got, you know, something which, you know, is another great way of getting your veggies into your kids. Um, and you can involve the kids in the cooking process too. So I um, think making homemade snacks, um, baking them yourself, 
you've got total control and you're much better off putting something like that into their lunch boxes um, or your own lunch box and then you are reaching for a sad processed alternative Yes, and I think as we've said in so, so many of our other chats as well, if, if families are unsure what they can be uh, cooking, your your courses and, and classes are, are a perfect uh, starting point for so many um, families. So um, I, I just, I, in finishing, I just wanted to, to, to ask, in your opinion, how can parents try to not let the endless pressure of food manufacturing companies and advertising campaigns sort of let them win type of thing as well, understanding that it is a little bit of a paradigm shift I think for a lot of families to sort of try to break away from that and start a healthy alternative for their family do you have any advice for anyone at all um, and any any advice maybe if they just don't know where to start um, your, your, your courses and classes obviously are a perfect perfect example so I don't know what are your thoughts <laughs> well I mean it's, it's very hard, as we've discussed earlier, it's so hard to get away from the social, the media and advertising around and processed foods. And, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go, on billboards, it's in magazines, it's, you know, on the telly. So it's, it's no wonder it's, it's a really hard slog. And it's not saying you've got to change everything overnight, but it's making those little steps. So, you know, um, we know that you can't, if you go from sort of giving your children a highly processed lunchbox with lots of unhealthy um, snack options in there to, um, to just putting, say, sort of wholemeal crackers and hummus and cucumber, they're probably going to reject everything you popped in there. But I would suggest reducing every, you know, slowly reducing the amount of processed snacks that you're putting in there and replacing them with a healthy alternative. So that becomes a norm. So it's just, you know, changing the way that their taste buds are. And it's, you know, if it's a whole family approach as well, and if everyone's doing it, then that becomes much more acceptable. And, you know, we know that you can't do that overnight, but it's making those little changes, gradual changes. And eventually, then the whole lunchbox will be transformed. So it, it, it's no, not putting too much pressure on yourself because there's so many pressures at the moment, um, especially um, with life. But it is just knowing that if you prioritise your health and your family's health, then you will make time to make these small positive changes to to improve what you're feeding yourself and your family so these are these are really important and as you've rightly said we have our wonderful cooking programs for the little ease up to 90 plus so whether that's through our wonderful jamie oliver's learn your fruit and veg program or whether that's jamie's ministry of food or both of which are now delivered online through um, zoom functionality so you can go to our website have a look what's available and come and sign up and do one of our programs because it's not just about knowing what the right thing to do is it's about having those skills so that when you're presented with those ingredients and when you go to the supermarket you're like actually i know how to prepare that and i'm going to try this so it's just you know having that confidence having those skills having that knowledge so that you know health becomes a priority for yourself and for your family Absolutely. And as you mentioned before, when we eat seasonally, the health benefits of consuming fresh fruits and vegetables far outweigh heavily processed snacks in both price and nutritional value overall. So even more reason for us just, and, and whilst in, in, in Victoria at the moment, while we're in stage four restrictions, what better time to be home and, and learning a new skill and new sort of ideas as well through your, your courses. So how about can they find you? That's the thing. Where do they go? So 
Um, if you go to um, jamiesministryoffood.com.au and um, you can find out uh, from the, on there all about our wonderful courses. Um, you can find out if you would like to get involved from a partnership perspective or if there's another way you'd like to sort of help out with us as a foundation, whether there's a, there are some volunteering opportunities um, as well. So we'd always love to hear from people. Um, we're looking at, you know, transforming the eating habits of Australian communities. And to do that, we want to sort of reach as many people as possible with our wonderful cooking programs. So um, we'd, we'd we're looking forward to seeing more of you coming through our wonderful programs and, um, you know, and, and helping you learn new skills. So, um, you know, it's an exciting journey to go on. I'm, I'm a passionate cook. I know that you're a passionate cook too. And, you know, we want to inspire more people to come and do this um, so that it becomes the norm again. Absolutely. We, really want. we want, I mean, it's crazy that we're even having to have these conversations about, um, cooking from scratch but we are and know. you know one and day if we're truly successful we won't be having these conversations because everyone will be cooking again i couldn't agree with you anymore wonderful. and look you know what yeah. better way to to learn how to cook delicious nutritious meals um than using jamie oliver's recipes overall and um i guess for anyone also with the, the vision of um this incredible organization is to tra- transform australia's food habits to maximize the health and well-being and productivity of communities and it's a very powerful vision at that so for for more reasons than one uh to be able to 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 jump online have a look at these programs and and make it a positive um healthy change for you for you and for your family as well but definitely have the links in the um the show notes thank you so much for your time again um siobhan love a chat love a natter with you any day of the week <laughs> um and uh, i just can't wait to, to to catch up with you again and hopefully in the not too distant future but until then take care and stay safe thanks again wonderful rachel you too thank you very much for having us on board again Okay, take care. All right, bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening, and be sure to give my love to the kids.